Well, here we are. Welcome back to another installment of Down the Hall Podcast. Today we have kind of another uh, step outside of the norm. Uh, we we just had uh, Tony Germanario on for a, for an interview and. We have some exciting news about some upcoming interviews we're going to do, but uh, this one is kind of a step aside from what we normally do as well, which is uh, to give you a movie night every week. But tonight, we're actually going to give you three movie nights. Three. Uh, three in one. Yep. Oh, no. Would we say we're giving people three movies that we were, you know, obviously we are forcing everyone to watch all of these movies. Are we saying that they have to watch all three of them? Like we normally say you have to watch this one. Or are we saying pick one of the three for this week? You know, I... I think I want to take a more passive approach and say, because I'm in a good mood tonight, I want to say, you know what, pick one of the three. You do seem to have like a pretty light, easygoing mood. Is it? Is it because we finally figured out the problem to the fruit flies, the fruit fly infestation? You know, um, I don't know if any of you out there who are listening uh, have ever had a problem with fruit flies, but uh, the house, the house that, that Rodney owns that I rent a room from, uh, boy was infested with fruit <laughs> flies recently. And you know uh, the thing about fruit flies is, is that they reproduce at such an alarming rate that if you don't deal with it right away, it's going to become a problem. And it became a problem. Sincerely a problem. The other night, last night, I went into a laundry room that basically looked like like Moses and the like the play. Well, that was just the homeless guy who you who squats down. <laughs> There were so many fruit flies in one room. I kid you not, it was a cloud. I was swinging a towel around like a madman, just smashing them against the wall. That's actually true. I want to give you a mental image. I'm working on the uh, the Tony Germanario episode, producing it, getting it out. And Rodney is taking a towel and just whipping it against <laughs> the walls, trying to kill. Uh, he, must have, he must have killed like 400 you know, fruit, I've fruit been, flies. You know, uh, this is right now, everyone is lucky because I've actually been in a terrible mood since since Thursday. Since about 2007. Since Thursday, I've been in a terrible mood because mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out what the heck was happening. And yeah, we figured just, it out. You kept just kind of like, I don't know, wanting to shower too. Like, I just, I'm, I, this is just, I, I need, I mean, I have to shower. I have to go shower. It was like, you were, you were like, you were like frantic. It was weird. I hadn't normally seen you in that, that state before. Because it's just, it's annoying to not know the source of the problem, but we, we figured it out. I've known you for so long and I can't say I've ever seen you so, uh, out of your element. It's just mostly because I just feel like when, when there's a problem, like once there's like a distinct problem that to me is only going to get worse by not having dealt with it. Then I start to get like, I get in salute, like rapid solution mode. Usually I'm very easy going, but that I felt responsible for. I felt responsible for figuring out what the heck was happening. And, uh, well, you know, Rodney, there's another problem in this world. I know that's how I was exactly going to transition it. You thought, you thought I was going to keep going with the story, but what I was going to say is a similar epidemic that's happening. Is Plague. that, plague of fruit flies that people are spending 115 hours just looking for a movie to watch every single year just looking i used to think that that was fake but now i get it yeah absolutely get it now i get it (laughs) and chet we we save them that so i ask you what would you do 
with 115 hours. 115. Ronnie, you know that song Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day? Um, I've heard of it. So that song came out in 2005. And ever since that year, literally every year at midnight on September 30th, so when September ends, I have woken up our friend Connor, our dear friend Connor. Literally every single September 30th, I've woken him up at midnight when September ends since 2005, whether that be having set my alarm and and called him back then, or as he kind of went off to college, I would go to his door. Like it, it changed over the years. It, it, It grew over the years. People, more and more people got involved. Like Colorado Rob learned how to play it on the guitar, like played it over Connor while he was sleeping to wake him up. We had last year, like over 300 people texting him. One year, um, Rob made a movie of himself playing it, and we like Chromecasted it to Connor's TV in the middle of the night. This year, and I can say this openly because Connor's not going to hear it until the you know the prank's already been done. Yeah, because it's not quite the end of September right now. I've uh, I've I've solicited a key to to the house that he's living in, and uh, and he doesn't know this. In fact, I haven't even been to the house that they just moved into. Like I haven't been there since they moved in, and and they've been inviting me to come over. And I haven't, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been intentionally waiting because I don't want them to suspect a thing. I have a key. Yeah. I now have a key. The and only that, that person will remain nameless. I'm going to show up. So 115 hours that I'd be used is to plan every year plan for my inevitable prank of waking up Connor when September ends. Now, the, the issue mm-hmm. that I have here is that you said that he's a dear friend and what you're doing is a... Well, to me, he's like is, a brother. He grew up like my family recognizes it's... He's as close as it gets to a brother okay. in my life. Uh, what I would tell you is that what you're doing right now is something that if my brother were to do, I would uh, I would definitely, re- I would retaliate. You know what's fun is that he forgets every single year that it's going to happen. And that makes it freshly hilarious. Although it is once a year. I, I've thought about it before and I realized like, yeah, I would forget to. Yeah. So that so that's happening. So that that's happening on uh, Saturday night. Yep. The other, um, the yeah, other issue. Dragging you along with me. Yeah. The other issue though is, uh, you call him a dear friend, but you got this key off of a really uh, nefarious person. Yes, so yes, I did. And you had no issues with that person having a key. None whatsoever. You just met him on Craigslist. You said, Hey, I'm looking for someone that has a key to this address, Connor's house. And you, you had a stranger say, I'll make you a copy Ron, for you can, 10 bucks. You can find anything online, anything, anything. So that's what I would do with my extra dark 115 web. hours is uh, is plan, plot, and execute uh, the perfect prank to wake up Connor when September ends. What so are any doing? ideas that you have, uh, we I'll gladly accept them for next year. For you, next year. Not it's you. A year. Yes, it's a you, year I guess, out. But really like the listeners, you. Yeah. Know what I meant. Um, but here we, we are, Rodney. We uh, solicited you know, for this episode. Yeah. Well, maybe I was actually thinking that today. Like now I have this army of yeah. the haulers yeah. uh, who might want to help next year. But um, – you know, like Rodney said, we are here each week to give you a movie night. Usually we just pick one. But over the summer, we did three kind of under-the-radar summertime movies um, that we felt like uh, we felt like are underappreciated or at yeah. least underseen. And now we're doing three under-the-radar or at least underappreciated romantic movies. Rodney, are yep. you ready to jump on in? I'm ready to hop in. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. I'm psyched. And here we go. All right, so the way that we're going to do this is we have three different movies. We're going to start with the one that has the lowest rating uh, collectively between Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. We're going to work our way up. 
We make no claims that these are the ones who, that are rated excessively highly. Uh, those are the ones we usually will use for our singular episodes. This is like an excuse for us to throw three movies at you that we really like, despite the fact that maybe the critics or other fans don't see them the same way we do. So we're going to start at the lowest point. Uh, that happens to be the one that Rodney likes the most. And what's that? That movie is The Breakup. And like you said, I really could care less whether people like it or not, uh, because it's uh, right now it's got a 5.8 on IMDb. And uh, it's a movie with Jennifer Aniston, Vince Vaughn. Um, and I think if I were to guess why it's it doesn't have as high reviews is that it's not an overly like happy movie, I guess, in terms of the content. Like it's a romantic comedy that is really focused on this relationship falling apart. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the breakup. Yeah, the breakup, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, and it has a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it is not a highly regarded movie, but for me, it is a nine out of 10. It is a movie. A nine? A nine out of 10. Nine I out of 10. I love this movie. Holy moly, dude. Because, because to me, I, I don't understand what people don't even like about it. Just I, mean, like, I, watched, I watched it uh, because of your recommendation. I yeah. Think. I liked it. I liked it better than I thought. So I'm somewhere in between you and the world. Right. I and I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes I think movies like this, maybe it's just the content matter. I know something borrowed is another one on there that <laughs> I feel like fits yeah. in that list too. Um, but you know, it's, I think it's an, it's a well done story of, you know, this relationship that's, you know, was going really well. It kind of starts off with the relationship and in, in its beginning, how they meet. Um, and then kind of fast forwards, uh, like somewhere into, you know, kind of the heart of it where they like know each other's family um, and they, they live together and then, you know, it kind of falls apart from there. And there's, it's, it's a romantic comedy, Vince Vaughn, obviously there's, there's a lot of humor in it. Uh, they end up like living at the same apartment because they're trying to figure out like who's going to keep this place or the, the condo. And over the course of that time, you know, like they're each going on different dates and, you know, there's, you know, significant new new dates meeting the former significant others and so to me it's a movie full of hysterical comedy but also an interesting commentary on relationships um so that's a fair, that's a fair take i i understand that's why i said i, I kind of come in somewhere between you and and planet earth yeah on that so. john favreau has a great say, role john favreau well, has a great role in this great movie. role great role bad haircut i mean he's got that buzz cut it is yeah. not working for that that uh huff, husky built man yeah, i'll tell you though that uh it is he plays a great role in this movie so rodney before we get to the next one i also uh, i did ask the listeners the topic for tonight is what is your favorite romantic movie and so what we're going to do instead of kind of saying them all at once we're going to scatter them throughout this episode okay so the first, uh, the first answer to our topic tonight of, of what our favorite romantic movies are comes from uh, actually friend of the podcast, Darren Generally, former guest of the podcast. Darren. And uh, he says, love actually. It's a great... Is that underrated though? Uh, no, we just said favorite. Oh, we sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought you, I thought you just said it was, uh, underrated. Nope. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know what though? Of all, I, I love romantic movies. Like, I, I'm a, like, this is not a topic that as we go through that, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. find most of them I've seen. Um, it's not my favorite of all, like, see, we, I love it. I, I love think it's, I think it's really, I think it's really good. And I think maybe it's just the fact that how, how many people feel what they feel about it. It's always surprised me that I didn't like it more. 
And then Brendan from, uh, from the In Session uh, Films podcast, he says Modern Times. Do you know what Modern Times is? I don't. Modern Times is a movie from 1936 starring Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> oh, so like a silent movie? Yeah. So he actually said, if that counts, then that's my answer. I like that he knows that it doesn't count. Yeah, he he he, he knew to uh, he knew to preempt it when it comes to uh, comes to you especially. So uh, it's the that's his favorite romantic movie of all time. That's what he says. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess one thing we should also say is that the breakup is on Netflix. These are all three. We're obeying the same rules we always do. We're going to give you accessible films. Uh, the breakups on Netflix, and so is this next one. We're going to talk about. Um, this one is, is, is one that comes from 2007. It was, uh, one that has always been one I've loved. And I believe I've mentioned on the show before it's, uh, across the universe, um, starring Evan Rachel Wood, who now is especially known in her role for Westworld, uh, but obviously has had some success as a movie actress as well. And then Jim Sturgis, who is also the main character in 21. Yep. Um, a couple other notable uh, actors and actresses, but what it's basically about is it's, it's, uh, it's set in the 1960s. It follows a group of friends, um, who deal with everything that's everything that we know about the sixties. So you had Vietnam war, you had kind of the like free love and drugs movement. Um, but it's set to, it's a musical and the story is driven by Beatles songs. So the storylines are inspired by songs written by the Beatles, the characters themselves are inspired by like the main character's name is Jude as, yeah. in, as in Hey Jude. Uh, so it's really interesting that they chose the Beatles actual like discography to, to drive the storyline here. And now it's one that takes a little bit of getting used to yeah, um, because it is like a straight up in your face musical at times. And also because when they show things like drug use, it gets really, really trippy. So some of the scenes are like way out there, but the overall story I love, is just about like a guy who had come, like come over from England and it's kind of making his way in 1960s, New York and just kind of this group of friends who are communal living in this like apartment building and kind of the different paths I take through the sixties and all the things that they uh, have to encounter. But IMDb has it rated actually pretty highly 7.4. Yeah. I gave it an eight. Um, Rotten Tomatoes though has it way down at like a 53%. Yeah. I, I, uh, this is a movie I haven't gotten all the way through. Um, but yeah, I think it, Definitely takes some getting used to, um, but I can see it. Like I can see it being an enjoyable movie. The you know my I don't know what what causes it to not be quite as high as some, most of the movies that we recommend on Rotten Tomatoes. But um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm I'm curious if it's the you know musical movie balance. The, you know, like that music. that balance not really sinking. You know, where like I think La La Land did a pretty you know obviously a phenomenal job of hitting that balance where. You know, I think it's, that's a hard line to really do well. I agree. And it's funny because I think that the music aspect to it is probably why it's memorable. Yeah. Yet I, I also would, would suggest that the the music aspect of it is probably why else there's a good amount of people who really don't like it. Yeah. I just think it's, you know. But 7.4 on IMDb. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty high. That's yeah. actually higher than some movies we do singular yeah, episodes yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, so the next few... Um, Answers to our question, what's your favorite romantic comedy? Uh, Luke from Wisconsin. He's also, uh, he's, he's on a podcast called Film Analysis with Luke. Uh, and he, he said Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's another one I haven't really gotten through. That one's really good. So you, you haven't, like, you haven't finished it all the way no, through. Or I, mean, I, I think I've seen it all, uh, but probably a long time ago. 
You know, I that's one that people that... really, really like. Yeah, yeah. I remember w- when it came out, like everyone talking about it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. It didn't didn't ever strike me the same same way like Donnie Darko. I I feel like to me, I I drew parallels because around that same time, I watched Donnie Darko where. I just thought, like, I don't, I don't really get what everyone loves about this movie. And then Matt from Checked Out in Jersey says, "Lonesome Dove." Have you watched? The, do you know what I, this is? I thought that was like a TV series. I don't know. I didn't. Is it a TV like movie? So yeah, I don't know. I just looked it up. It looks like all TV series to me. Yeah, um, I don't know, Matt. Very I mean, western. He said it's a, it's an honest answer. But does that count? If you were to ask a movie, you can't answer with a TV series, right? Matt gets grandfathered in, in my book. You can, he can do anything he wants. Yeah. So uh, before we get to the last one, um, it's, this, this is, a, this is a, an entry from, from a listener, but it's also an announcement, a fun announcement for oh. our listeners. So uh, recently, Rodney, we did that episode on the movie Night Owls. Yes. Which that episode got uh, – we got a lot of feedback. We had uh, people comment on our website. We had people – uh, texting in, we had people messaging in on Twitter about a whole lot of things to do with that episode. But in particular, uh, the director of that movie, Charles Hood, yeah. um, reached out to us and we talked and we invited him to come on the show for an interview and he agreed. Awesome. So we're going to be having him on. We'll be recording this week and uh, we're pumped. We're pumped for that. So he actually responded to our question. Yeah. Hey, what's your favorite romantic movie? He gave us 10. He gave us a list of 10. So this comes, I would normally have them pick one, but this is a director of an actual movie. He kind of has it. Wasn't he also the writer too? He was the writer of of Night Owls as well. Is it just me or I always find the writer more interesting than the director. Is that like, I know that the director is a bigger role, but I've always felt like I want to know who wrote the story. Let's talk to him about that when we have him on. But anyway, this is the 10. He said, I'm just going to read them all off. He says, Annie Hall, Two for the Road, Thomas Crown 99, Overboard, which you've talked about. Oh, my God. Uh, Over, overboard's the best. He also says Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, Casablanca. Yeah. Which good. Obviously, love. that's a great one. Casablanca is one that I'll watch like anytime. Like to me, watching it when there's a storm outside for some reason, okay. it's just the best. I've anyway, got it on. I've got it on Amazon if you ever want to see it. I got it on DVD I've if you ever want to go back in time. I don't have a DVD player down here. Before Midnight, which that's uh, that's right up my alley. I love that trilogy. Uh, in the Mood for Love, That's that's one that probably not a lot of uh probably not a lot of our listeners have seen i've never seen but it's one that's considered one of the better romantic movies of all time what is it i think it's uh, a foreign film i think it's a japanese film okay the apartment which again is an older film and punch drunk love punch drunk love is that wait so did he go in a specific order nope he just said here's 10 okay uh punch drunk love have you ever seen that i think it's on netflix have you yeah have you I ever have seen, seen it? Even? oh you yeah. know what it's on amazon prime okay um so you haven't seen it? Nope. It's Adam Sandler and he plays like, you know, a very like serious role. Um and he's really, really good in that. Hmm. I'll have to really check it out. good. I mean, yeah. I feel like enough people have told me about it where, you know, I definitely need to see it. Mm-hmm. But all right. So the last one, so we had uh we had Breakup available on Netflix. We had Across the Universe also available on Netflix. This next one is an Amazon Prime find, uh one that Rodney and I stumbled across a couple months ago. We just kind of threw it on. Um, it's called What If, starring Zoe Kazan and Daniel Radcliffe, of all people. Daniel Radcliffe. That we went on. We went on a two nights, two nights in a row. We watched movies with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, this one was, back, was awful. This was back when we were talking about how two nights in a row we saw Daniel Radcliffe's bare butt. So one was what was that called? Uh, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. And Boo. Uh, boy, 
and then this one was uh, what if, but it was actually really good. And yeah. IMDb has it as a 6.8, so a tad below across the universe, but Rotten Tomatoes, 72%. Yeah, and I, I think it was surprising to me because it didn't feel like, or it felt like it was going to be a romantic comedy that didn't quite land, but it actually, all the way through, I thought it was, it it hit a lot of really good notes all the way through. So Zoe Kazan, she's one of the leads from the big sick. It also has Adam driver who plays Kylo Ren from yeah. the, the new, uh, star Wars trilogy. But with this one, the main character, obviously played by Daniel Radcliffe, um, the romance is between he and Zoe Kazan, but it starts out with them being like best friends, like right. growing into this friendship mm-hmm. that, that develops over time. So it's kind of a cool sort of different take on it rather than romance right off the bat. Right. It's like this really budding, great, well yeah funny friendship i feel like yeah it's it's a really solid friendship while they're you know kind of both seeing other people exactly and then um you know they are kind of each other's sounding board Mm -hmm. you know there's like they communicate really well um and so you you kind of are waiting for the inevitable um but you know what else this movie does that i love what this movie features food in a way that makes me just like it keeps featuring the sandwich called the elvis Yes, was that like peanut butter, banana, peanut butter, banana, but like a uh, like toast or, or like baked in like French bread, where like you cover the outside in butter. It was like a golden Elvis or something like I think that. We were just recently talking to someone about this. movie. Yeah, it was that Josh, and they said, "Man, I I really wanted one of those sandwiches yeah. by the end of the movie." And uh, it's one of those movies that puts like a food item in my head, and I have a problem. When it comes to something like that. Well, Ronnie, the first step to recovery is admitting that you have a problem. I do. I have a problem. So the breakup, Netflix, Cross the Universe, Netflix, and What If, Amazon Prime. All three of them are good. Uh, you should definitely check them out. It's a great, all three are great, like, date night movies. Yep. Um, we want to put them in a bundle, three romantic movies for you. You Rodney, pick one or you, pick them all. You could, you could do any combination of them. We're yep. not going to, we're not going to hold that f- over you or, or from you. Or, I will. I don't know how I'm going to enforce it yet. I'm trying to think of the strategies and levers I can pull. Obviously, I could get in touch with my contacts at the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But I mean, you can do what I did uh, in terms of searching for the key. You just go to Craigslist, type in how to enforce movie watching. How to enforce movie watching, you know, across the universe. Mm-hmm. See how I did that? That's pretty good. How to make across the universe a thing. Across the universe. What if oh, no. I could oh, no. force breakups across the universe? Boom. Okay. Look at that. Um, There's a sentence featuring all all of the movie titles. What's your favorite romantic movie, Rodney? Um, boy, I you know I know we've we I'll I'll focus on one that I haven't talked about because I think Stuck in Love people have heard me talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with another one, Crazy Stupid Love, the best. Love it. So so so. That one's so good. good. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Steve Carell so great it was the first movie i watched on a brand new tv that i had it was hmm. like a 1080p like it was like the first like i had seen See, a high def this before would feel relevant to me if you were like yeah i'll tell you i got this new tv first thing i did i went out and rented the newest transformers movie unbelievable no but what i'm saying is like the movie was but so this, vivid it's like you you could see like in this it's kind of like you're saying like yeah but like You've never seen Ryan Gosling's pleated pants until you've seen it on 1080p. No, what I'm saying is that the movie was so vivid to me, not just because of the because of the content of the movie, but also the brightness and the colors. So what you're saying of the is, movie. it's only a favorite 
movie, romantic movie, because of the 1080p, where if someone is watching it on like a less than stellar TV, the story alone isn't good enough. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not good enough, but what I'm saying is that you're you're not going to also leave with the vividness of the picture. Hmm. Yeah, if I were to show you, if I were to show you a movie that was in extremely low definition, mm-hmm. like like 64 bit or something like that, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to appreciate it the same way. Yeah, that's a fair point. You know, if I, yeah. if I, you know, like, and just take that down. If I were to make you watch a movie with no picture at all. You're all about making people watch movies tonight. This has never been something we've discussed. And all of a sudden you're talking about it as though it's something that. No, it's a new thing. Assumed. It's like a, it's a, it's a new movement. I, I think don't know that, that, that we I'm should comfortable take with the direction of the show. No, no, no. I think we should. We should take it on. We, we should start to become enforcers, I think. Quick question. Yeah. Can I also share my favorite romantic movie? Um, no. Okay. So it's, I mean, the notebook's an easy answer, but. Uh, most of my favorite romantic movies we've actually done as individual episodes. The Big Sick, um, La La Land, Midnight in Paris, even Silver Linings Playbook. So this one is one I know you haven't seen. I've been telling you to watch it for like five years. Uh, that's 500 Days of Summer. No, with... I've seen 500 Days of Summer. I've really? told you that I've seen this. Yes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I've told you that I've seen hey, this. Just telling me who's in it doesn't... Do... I know, but I've told you that I've seen this I one. I could have sworn we talked about it very recently. You said you had never watched it. I promise I've seen it. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad. That makes me happy. Did anybody make you watch it? No. Nobody okay. makes me do anything. Fair enough. So, Zoe Deschanel is in that. Um, fantastic movie. Love that. Now, not the happiest of endings, but it's a real ending, and I liked it a lot. I yeah. I thought for sure you hadn't seen it. No, no, no. I've seen it. Um, it I can't say that this one... <sighs> oh, I remember. You start talking about it, and I tune you out and just tell myself you haven't seen it. Probably. It's already happening. Yeah. What is it, Rodney, about romantic movies that, that people love so much, you think? I think people, I think we're inevitably all close to relationships in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we all can relate to the dynamic. You know, they're complicated and also kind of necessary. So I feel like kind ro- of romantic, romantic movies... Um, explore a lot of variations on the topic even if they're the same even if they're the same content um but told through different people or through different you know settings or whatever i think we can all relate i i think that's it is that it's really easy to relate and i think the only people that might not would be if you're like young enough where it's still like the idea of relationship is something that is still far enough off that it it's hard to relate to it Sorry, I started to interrupt you. I was going to say, see, what I, it's funny you say that. You say they're, they're, they're romantic. I mean, they're, they're great because they're relatable. I had a professor in college who literally said the exact opposite and saying how like it paints an inaccurate picture in our minds of what relationships should or could look like, of what kind of certain stages of a relationship could, should or could look like. And I'd almost say like it's probably less relatable, not for younger people, as you just said it, but maybe for people who have, kind of you know maybe they're burnt out to the idea at an older stage in their life hmm. interesting i well i take issue unless with that. it's like the elderly folk from from the notebook i take issue with that description because i think that means that romantic movies is one thing or old man benjamin button who's like young kid and benjamin you know, button at the same time i think something borrowed is a romantic movie i think the breakup is a romantic movie both of which are completely different takes on relationship like they're they're not i you know i i would get that if the idea was saying like every romantic movie is this one thing where it's like completely you know bubbly and and optimistic but 
I don't think that they all they all take it the exact same way. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting take. What do you think? I mean, for me, I I think that uh, you know, similar to how action movies, you know, like as a young kid, especially like guy like boys, like they love like action heroes. They love like superheroes because they're sort of they represent ideals. They represent feeling strong or accomplished or capable or fast or whatever, or super smart. And um, why do we like James Bond? Cause he's so cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Why do we, you know, why do we, why do we like Sherlock Holmes? Cause he can always figure it out. Uh, it's almost like an ideal that we, we kind of wish we were that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think sometimes romantic movies fall into that where, or maybe even w- within a relationship or outside of a relationship, we, we either see things in movies that that you're right relate to our story relate to things that we're experiencing and and like seem familiar or things that we we kind of wish or we kind of strive for um ideals that are kind of placed before us that we say like that's something that's attractive to me Mm. you know i'm split i guess on what the definition of a romantic movie is depending on you know the the, because i mean there there are are all types i mean you have the romantic comedies that really do tend to follow a lot of the same I don't know, stereotypes, but then, then there's also movies like, like atonement, which is like nothing. There's nothing comedic about it. There's nothing, you know, even innocent about it. It's Mm -hmm. very gritty. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, but it's considered a romantic movie, you know, and then you have like the notebook, which is sort of this kind of like, I don't know, this story that's kind of on this upper echelon of, of, I don't know, commitment over a long period of time. Yeah. A relationship that's had everything thrown at it and, right. and continuing to persevere. Right. But then again, I also think like to me, I would take issue with the idea of someone saying that that movie is, is like too optimistic or too ideal because it would never happen because I would say, well, the reality of that is like we watch this really long history in two hours or however long the movie is. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you were, actually thinking about that movie and actually thinking about these people as real people. It's like, okay, well, Ryan Gosling spent years of his life in horrible misery. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? You mean like, like after remember the Titans, but before the notebook. Exactly. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, so, so to me, I would say the idea of someone saying like, Oh cool. That's what a relationship is. And that's like, it's the most romantic thing in the world. And like, you know, it's really special. I'd be like, okay, but Come talk to me when you're miserable for three years. Building a house, growing a beard. Do you know what I mean? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it's one thing if someone were to say that, um, that it's, like, too ideal or too yeah. idealized. No, I, I get think it. It's, it's not a full picture, then, of what the story was told. Well, what makes, like, a what makes a really unrealistic and almost unwatchable romantic movie, then? Um, I think, like, I, I feel like we're almost saying that the the more genuinely raw it is, almost, almost the more watchable, the better. But then I think there is a place for just cookie cutter, feel good, certain ideals kind of place before us. But there isn't a lot of, you know, I don't know, not a lot, a lot, not a lot wrong with what was going on. You know, just kind of yeah. like these. Like what would be an example of one of those? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're talking about here. We're talking about. Yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about quick categories. Uh, the Nicholas Sparks. I feel like he centers every single movie around something in North different Carolina. in North Carolina, but around something difficult. And I think someone might consider those all ideal, but to the, to that, I would say, well, he's kind of a novelist and kind inevitably, of. inevitably a story that was previously a novel. I feel like has like 
like a central tension or some kind of issue. You know what I mean? That it's working around. Did I ever tell you that, that uh, I have a friend who's a published author who I went to college with and, uh, and she, she wrote a story like, you know, she wrote a book about like as a romantic movie, like mm-hmm. a romantic book. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, it's really good. Um, and one of the main characters is based off of me. Did I tell you about this. Yes. Oh, how we have talked about this. Uh, I'm not on the podcast. Oh, okay. It, I mean, it's, it's hilarious to me. Like yeah. I say, it's good. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. She would. So, I mean, there was never like when I say we were just friends, I mean like we were legitimate. She's like 10 years older than me. We we're just friends. Yeah. Uh, but we were good friends and I knew she was working on this I, book. She'd been working you're on saying, it for years. You, you wouldn't be with somebody 10 years older than you. Uh, I don't know why I threw that detail in, uh, but it felt relevant. Anyway, okay. I knew she was working on the book and she, and she would send me like snippets, like, Hey, like, here's what's going on. How would, like, how would you respond to this? What would you say? Like, oh, well, this is what I'd be thinking. And I'd respond back. And then she'd kind of formulate the character around it. So when the book came out, like I'm in the dedication, she sent one to me and signed. Mm-hmm. Is, have you read it? Yeah. Is yeah, the yeah. character that you informed, is it someone that you respect or don't respect? He's a far cooler version. He's a far cooler version. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So in that case, you really respect him. I just know he's cooler than me and could probably beat me up. Is it, is he stronger than you? Probably. Is he cool? How, like, what's the one character trait that is more cool than you are? Uh, he's not hanging out with Rodney on a Friday night doing a podcast. Well, it's funny because to me, I thought that was your, that's, if you just went around telling that to people, I feel like you, that's instant street cred. Well, uh guys thanks again for listening we really appreciate you guys we want to give you just a, a bundle romantic romantic movie bundle yeah and uh and you also now get the street cred because you also hung out with me today for whatever reason rodney thinks it's uh in our power to force you to watch these movies it I is just, all i can tell you is we recommend movies i'm going to keep recommending movies to you i, I have no control over what rodney does <clears throat> nope <laughs> Tell that to the cops. I don't think he has control <laughs> over what he does either. But uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall, guys. You can uh, you can email us, downthehallpodcast at gmail.com. We recommend that you go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can scroll down and you can recommend a movie for us to watch. Um, unless I'm forgetting anything, Rodney, I just want to point out to our listeners, look forward to the episode we're going to be doing with Charles Hood, director of Night Owls. We're really excited about that. We're going to ask him some awesome questions about him being a writer, being the director, working with, you know, really great cast and what that was like to see that movie end up on Netflix and, and gain the traction that it has. And if that's everything, I'm Chet. I, I think that's everything, Chet. I don't have anything else to add. And that's Rodney. You know what it probably is, though? Is I've inhaled so much bug spray over the past 24 hours that there's a good chance that right now, if I were to go get an exam of my lungs, they would say, have you smoked your entire life? <coughs> and we're down the hall podcast. <laughs> <laughs>